a desert planet with twin suns. Cassian Ander. This is what revolution looks like. People are standing up. Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Liu. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you for tuning in to this week's uh, review and breakdown of Andor. So this is going to be episode eight, and I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. So without further ado, let's dive into I Have Spoken. I Have Spoken. So like I said, we're going to be breaking down episode eight of season one of Andor called called Narkina 5. And like always, I'm going to start with my non-spoiler review, followed by my full spoiler breakdown, review, and then spoiler or er, uh, theory segment. So um, with that said, my non-spoiler review is that I like this episode a lot. We got to see rebellion continue to spread and got some refreshing resilience in places of immense oppression. And we also got a, a wider scope of the rebellion throughout the galaxy and the reciprocal imperial response. Uh, it's an episode that's really full of hopelessness and oppression sprinkled with a little bit of hope and optimism. And it really makes you feel the building tension. And I'm just really excited to see where we go next. Um, that being said, the rest of this episode will have spoilers, so this is your standard. Spoiler warning, spoiler, 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 spoiler. Let's dive in. So first I want to talk about Deidre and Cyril. Um, Deidre is the uh, Im- Imperial Security Bureau officer that we've been following a lot. And Cyril is the ex-corporate um, uh, officer who is now working for the uh standards whatever um but he uh Cyril gets brought into uh, the ISB in order to be questioned about what happened between him and Cassian Andor on um Ferrix and we also get to see Ularen Admiral or not Admiral now Colonel Ularen back in the mix uh, he seems pretty indifferent about Deidre's insight into the rebel activity. He's much more concerned with the price and resource allocation that would be associated with her plan. Um, but Deidre is able to plead her case for finding Axis, who is Luthen, the code name for Luthen, um, as he is sort of the central authority between a lot of these uh, rebel incursions that she has dealt with. Um, Cyril, after sort of giving her some information about his dealings on Ferrix, um, expresses that he wants to make a difference but gets shot down. And we find that he is really obsessed with bringing Cassian Andor to justice. He's trying to leverage his position at the Bureau of Standards um, to make that happen, but has uh, not made any progress thus far. Um, Deidre has seemed to be far more evil and brutal than she has portrayed in previous episodes, mainly because we haven't seen her out in the field in action, but she is willing to torture and shows very little remorse for it. So I really can't wait to see her operate more in that capacity and see kind of what directions takes her character. Um, next up, we have the prison, which is located on Narkina 5, the namesake of this episode. Um... They use tungstoid steel as a disciplinary measure. It's unclear what the actual effect of this material is, but it seems like it sort of magnetizes the body in some way and causes extreme pain. The inmates refer to it as being fried, and there are different levels of intensity to this action. Whenever Cassian is being brought to unit uh, 52D, there are two guards who seem to be rather out of place. They don't quite fit the bill of the other officers around them. And 
I think that the biggest distinguishing factor between them is their accents seem to be um, indicative of the fact that they're not actually imperial. They have different accents than the standard sort of buttoned-up accent, which we would equate to more of a British accent. Um, and that gives me the impression that they probably aren't actually imperial officers and are instead rebels who have infiltrated the prison and are posing as guards. And I'll get more into that in my theory segment, but I just felt like that was something worth pointing out. Um, Andy Serkis is back in Star Wars. He's playing a character named Kino Loy. It's an interesting role um, for such an amazing actor, but like I said, he's already been in Star Wars in another capacity as Supreme Leader Snoke, so it's understandable that he wouldn't be given a huge role, but Andy Serkis is a big-name actor, so I'm, I'm surprised that he was kind of reduced to this manager in a prison system. Either way, he plays it really well. Uh, his motivation is very interesting. He has just over 200 days left in his sentence and wants to leave a good impression and get out as soon as possible. Um, so, good for him. He's he's on top of it, and he's trying to um, produce the best product possible in order to uh, spend as little time in that prison as he can. We also get... Um, introduced to a character named Melshi, and shout out to Eckhart's Ladder for um, pointing this out and bringing this to my attention uh, through one of his videos. But he was actually a prominent secondary character in Rogue One, maybe not even secondary, more like tertiary, but he was a, he was a semi-prominent character who was in a lot of scenes, and he's a good friend of Cassian's in the Rogue One novelization and leads a team during the Battle of Scarif and actually gives his life trying to save one of his rebel comrades. And he, in this episode, tells Cassian to never look at the number in his cell, which is supposed to tell you essentially how much time you have left or how much debt you've paid off. Um, because the Empire won't keep, their up, won't keep up their end of the bargain and will essentially just keep you there until you, they don't want you there anymore. Um... And it's interesting because the number on his little monitor stays the same after 30 shifts. So uh, obviously that's true. Um, the prison is very mundane and repetitive. It's designed to break and demoralize with the added benefit of free labor. And you can see how it affects Cassian early on in his stay. He just seems kind of shocked and confused and overwhelmed. Um, but... On the flip side, we also get to see some rebel activity. You see small acts of rebellion within the prison, like the sign language across the units and wanting to know about the public order resentencing directive and the rebel activity. Um, it's really sad, actually, because like these guys saw their sentences go up in response to all the rebel activity, and they're like, well, we're getting punished for stuff that's happening out there. And... That's just the Empire's way of cracking the whip, and it seems to be feeding the fire of rebellion, as Luthen's ideology goes. It's like oppression breeds rebellion. Um, but then we also get see someone essentially try to commit suicide It's by by hopping onto the, the floor during the floor's lava time. Um, so it's a dark place, but it's very interesting. Mon Mothma uh, is trying to get boats to stop the Empire's overreach. Um, her daughter seems to think that Mon and Tay Colma might be having an affair of some kind. She's like, you're around a lot and seems kind of wary of them, as does her husband. Uh, but Mon doesn't seem to notice. She's entirely focused on the cause. 
Uh, we learn that Mon Mothma and her husband were wed at a very young age. She took over the role of senator at 16. And we also get to see her arguing what overreach looks like within the Empire and get to see that some people actually like what Palpatine's doing. And so that sort of uh, perspective is pretty interesting because it's not one that we get to see vocalized very often. We go back to Ferex. Marva hurt herself uh, in the name of the Rebellion trying to find a passageway into an Imperial base that's being run out of a hotel. Bix and Brasso are helping her out. And then Cinta and Vel are also on Ferex. Um, Cinta stays behind to watch out for Cassian. Vel wants time for just them. And Cinta just tells her that, like, hey, we signed up for this. And she's very focused on the cause. Her quote was, the struggle will always come first. We take what's left, which is super sad. But we also learn that Vel is supposedly from a wealthy family that she's running away from. Um, and I think that that gives a lot of perspective because we know that Cinta's family was killed by stormtroopers. So she has a lot more perspective about what this cause is about and is going willing to go to further lengths, whereas Vel uh, lived a very comfortable life for a while, it sounds like. So we get some cool insight into their relationship in that way, um, and just into them as characters as well. Uh, Pack and Bix were taken in by the Imperial Security Bureau uh, and tortured for information about Cassian, at least Pack was. And we also got to see the town alarm back in effect. They were trying to warn people that the Imperials were snatching people up. Um, and I think that this is very indicative of the current climate of Ferex and the fact that they are looking out for each other. And I think that this will lead to something bigger once. I think inevitably Marva probably gets involved. I think that that will be a rallying force for the people of Ferex. Uh, but I'll get into that more in Visions. Uh, lastly, we get some info about Luthen. He cuts off Bix for fear of being monitored by the ISB. Uh, we also, I saw him, Luthen, getting bossed around a bit by Clea, um, who, I don't know, I just think that she was kind of, I think that she kind of runs the show on the DL, and Luthen is just kind of a charismatic face, um, but she kind of leverages her position to call the shots, essentially. Um, that's what it seems like, at least. Luthen wants desperately to find Cassian so as to not be found out, but at the same time, he's tired of being in the background and the behind the scenes. Um, and he goes to meet with someone who is very in front of the scenes. Um, he goes to Sigra Milo to meet with Saw Gerrera. And Saw Gerrera, if you don't know, he's made appearances in Rogue One um, as well as uh, The Clone Wars, which is where he made his debut. Um, he was in the Bad Batch, and he was also in Star Wars Rebels. He's a very prominent rebel character at this point, and he's an extremist. He is willing to go to extreme lengths uh, to stick it to the Empire, regardless of uh, his effects on native populations, on innocent civilians. He's willing to do whatever it takes, and he's a bit of an anarchist, and we get to see more of that. We also get to see one of his lieutenants named uh, Benthic. We also saw him in Solo, A Star Wars Story, as well as Rogue One. Um, super interesting character, also a, a rebel extremist. Um, we got to see some X-Wings, which was awesome. Uh, and then we saw them play coy with each other about 
uh, each of their involvements with Aldani. Um, so we see that Luthen doesn't really want his in- involvement to be known. Um, he tries to get Saw to play nice with other rebel leaders because it seems like he's trying to unify the existing rebel groups. And um, his quote was, we'll die with nothing if we don't set aside our petty differences, essentially saying. And he also mentioned that Saw is often fighting with people he agrees with. And this just shows that um, Saw doesn't really play well with others, even if they agree on an ideological level. And he lists out some groups like separatists, uh, neo-republicans, the Gorman Front, the Partisan Alliance, sectorists, human cultists, um, and galaxy partitionists. And he says that they're all lost and that he's the only one with a clear goal and focus. But um, but he's an anarchist. And Luthen says that it's a very... It's a very comfortable idea for someone who's hiding in caves, but anarchy in the greater galaxy would be very destructive. And so we see this all throughout Star Wars, as we know it up until Saw's death, that he does not play well with others and is not willing to be held down by the ideals of some group. He is going to march at the beat of his own drum and... I just think it was interesting, and I thought that that scene was was portrayed really well by Forrest Whitaker. I hope that he comes back, but I don't see any real reason why he would, um, unless he tries to take Cassian in. I'm not sure, but I thought it was interesting. That's about the last thing that I have for my breakdown. Uh, let's move into the review. I said it last week, and I'll say it again. I really, really wish that there were more aliens, especially like in the prison. I think that that would add to the Star Wars-iness immensely. Um, especially since the Imperials were extremely racist, essentially. Like, they went after alien species more often than human or humans. And so I think that it would add a lot to the authenticity if we saw some Twi'leks, some Rodians, anything. It doesn't even need to be anything super wild. But just to add to that sort of environment... Because they're all humans as of right now. And now I can understand why like all the Imperials are humans. But I don't know. I just think that that would be to their benefit if they added in some aliens. We see some like at Mon Mothma's parties and a little bit on whatever space Florida was in the last episode. But I think that they should lean into that a little bit more. Yes, costume design is expensive. But George Lucas created an entire galaxy's worth of aliens on a shoestring budget. So let's... Let's let's be realistic. This is Disney. They can they can pull it off. Um, the prison is really well done. Uh, it was super upsetting to watch because I pictured myself there in prison for no viable reason and saw Cassian act as confused and scared as I think I would. Um, now I think that he bounced back a little quicker than I would too, but I think that it was just very realistic, very relatable. Um, not relatable in the sense that it happens a lot, but relatable in the sense that I think that we could all picture ourselves acting similarly in that situation. The whole environment is just very clinical and creepy, and it promotes efficiency while stripping away humanity. I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. I thought that it was well done. Uh, the cameos of Melshi and Saw were awesome and kind of helped us contextually as to where we were in the galaxy in the time period. Uh, everything is weaved together very well, and I'm extremely pleased with how cohesive 
uh, it feels. And we got four episodes left. I hope they're bangers. That's all I have for I've Spoken. Let's dive into visions. To continue, we need one singular vision. My vision. All right. I think that there's going to be some sort of prison break. And if I had to guess, I think that the rebels have been embedded in the facility already and will assist the prisoners in escaping. I think that some of them are posing as guards and probably other um, workers within the facility itself. And Cassian will retain an ally in Melshi and likely some others. Um, but I think that that's the direction that the next episode is going to take. Luthen will fly too close to the sun eventually and will need either rescuing or will be dealt with by the Empire. Obviously, he's not a major player in the original trilogy, so something's going to happen to him in one way or another. He's going to be taken out of the game. But um, but yeah, something's going to happen. I think that he's going to get a little antsy, a little impatient, and he's going to make a move that's going to cost him. Uh, Mon Mothma will get accused of having an affair. I really hope that we get to see Palpatine eventually uh, and sort of more of the Imperial Senate. Um Ferrix will rise up against Imperial oppression. I think that the unifying force, once again, will be something happening to Marva. But, um, but yeah, no, I think that uh, Ferrix is about ready to pop. And I think that they are, they are very close to standing up against Imperial rule. Uh, and I'm excited to see that. Zero Karn has been denied by the Empire and will likely try to take matters into his own hands. I still think that he'll switch sides eventually, but who knows? He could stay bad but i still think that he's a very interesting character and i think that there's going to be a little more nuance to him um i'm excited to see how cassim will re-enter the greater galaxy after he escapes my guess is that the next episode will be a prison break episode and then we'll have a cool climactic three episode saga which will bring all the storylines together to wrap up the show um like i said before there's not too much to theorize on, but I am very excited. I'm very pleased with this show so far. I wish that there were more aliens and a little more Star Wars-y magic dusted over the top of it. I don't need cameos in every episode, but at the same time, just sort of those extra little details that sort of build the environment around these characters, I think would be very beneficial. But that's just me. Um, it's sort of being nitpicky, but at the same time, I think that it's a pretty significant... Um, Thing to note that being said that's all that i have tales of the jedi also came out today and it was awesome i loved it loved it loved it all six episodes were really well done um it made me cry a little bit if nothing else just for nostalgia but i'm going to do a review for that tomorrow uh, just to give myself some time to sit with it to analyze it and also give me some time to to take a breather and and do some other stuff for school but um stay tuned for that it's going to be awesome, and I can't wait to talk about it with y'all. This is going to be something that I rewatch and revisit a lot, and I'm going to be harping on Disney uh, to make this a regular show or a regular occurrence where you put out little six-episode or 12-episode seasons and make it happen. I think that this is the perfect show to sort of sprinkle in whenever you have a dead spell um, for Star Wars content, but that's just me. That's all that I have for this episode. Once again, stay tuned for my Tales of the Jedi review tomorrow. Stay tuned for my special Halloween episode next Monday and for my future and or reviews. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on Instagram at Twin Sun Talks. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Twin Sun Talks Podcast. And make sure you follow and listen wherever you get your podcast by searching Twin Sun Talks. If you think that 
someone else in your life would enjoy this podcast, then please share it with them. That would mean the world to me. Uh, that's honestly the best thing that you could do for me as a creator. So uh, peace, love, Star Wars. And yeah, share this if you if you feel inclined to. But that being said, you've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye, friends.